All right, this is the Lancaster School District Podcast, School Buzz. Um, I'm Rebecca Cooksey, I'm your host, and today I have with me Terry Thorne, who is the creator of Storymaker, mm-hmm. right? Um, co-creator. Co-creator. So Terry's going to give us a little bit of a bio about himself and a little bit about how he developed this program. Okay, um, my background is I've been working in animation for more than 40 years, and I spent my whole career wanting to be a storyteller. And I had the good fortune to be hired as the CEO of the company that produced the Rugrats and the Wild Thornberries wow. and Rocket Power. Okay. And as told by Ginger and all these great shows, we did the first 65 episodes of The Simpsons. And we became, at a moment in time, like one of the biggest studios in Hollywood. And what was fun for us was bringing our characters to life, because stories about character. Right. And so we um, create great characters, and kids fall in love with our characters, and as a result, we were a huge success. Over time, um, Nickelodeon figured out that SpongeBob SquarePants, which is one of the most popular animated series of all times, sells more merchandise than the Rugrats because it winds kids up for about 12 hours after the show. Exactly. <laughs> the Rugrats didn't wind kids up, but you know, the children had a heartfelt relationship with our characters. Mm-hmm. So um, as is the case with studios in Hollywood, um, Nickelodeon built their own animation studio and they stopped buying animation from us. Um, and so we went from 600 people down to one. Oh, wow. <laughs> so I, um, my sister's a special needs teacher. Mm-hmm. And she's been working for 40 years in special needs classrooms. And those are, and she really gets the really tough kids. Yeah. So we did an experiment. We used animated characters to model appropriate behavior in the classroom with these behaviors that teachers spend their whole time managing, like keep your hands to yourself. Right. Don't talk when the teacher's talking. <laughs> Line up quietly. Yes. Raise your hand before you speak. Teach over and over and over again. (laughs) Use your inside voice. Yes. Don't (laughs) run in the classroom. So we know that if kids copy the Power Rangers and hit each other after watching the Power Rangers, that they are going to fall in love with our characters in a world called Wonder Grove, and they're going to copy the behaviors of our characters. So um, Lancaster has for you preschool, kindergarten, first grade, second grade. Not only do you have Wonder Grove, we also, after making 225 Wonder Grove lessons to model not only appropriate behavior in the classroom, but social-emotional learning and life skills, mm-hmm. we um, animated the 16 Habits of Mind. Oh, great. So um, I found myself falling in love with the process of helping teachers manage their day with these incredible animations because outside of school in today's world, if you figure there's 168 hours in a week, and we hope that kids get eight hours of sleep at night. That's We're 56 hoping. hours, yes. right? Um, and in and around school, getting ready for school, going to school, coming back from school, it's about eight hours a day. That's 40 hours. Mm-hmm. So that means there's 72 hours of free time. And most kids are spending 60 of their 72 hours of free time on a device. That's very true. Yes. Right? So you go into a restaurant, the kids are on a device. Mm-hmm. You go into a grocery store, the kids are in the shopping cart on a device. You go into a car, they're on a device. Right. Now you go, and now if they're under the age of sixth grade, they're typically watching cartoon characters. Mm-hmm. So outside of school, they're getting hit with a fire hose for about 60 hours a week of wonderful cartoon characters. You come into a classroom, and it's a desert. Right. There's no cartoon <laughs> characters. So if you turn on a lesson about managing impulsivity, or listening with understanding and empathy, or persisting, or beginning with the end in mind, mm-hmm. any of the lessons that we produced, Kids are going to attend to it because it's water in the desert for them. 
and they know the language. And then what we do is we put our characters on these printable extension lessons and extend the behaviors to like a printable comic book mm -hmm. or a language acquisition PowerPoint or um, a math lesson or an English lesson because we know that if they're going to buy Rugrats merchandise after watching the cartoon, they're going to use our printable extension lessons after watching the cartoon because they don't want the experience to end. So teachers said to us, you know, this is really working great. Why can't we have these lessons for kids in third grade through 12th grade? Mm -hmm. So I was doing a TED talk, a TEDx talk, and I said at the end of my talk, because I was explaining all the ways in which we're using animated characters to model appropriate behavior for kids, and I said, and now we're going to actually take our production studio and we're going to teach schools how to have their own production studio right. and write stories to address the needs that the educators and the students would like to address. And so that's how Storymaker came into practice. And so we call that Storymaker. Mm -hmm. And we don't call it Animation Lab because we're not teaching kids to be animators. Right. Because when we made the Rugrats, 85% of the Rugrats was the planning, the writing, the voice acting, the rehearsing, the storyboarding, the background design, the character design. Every 85% was in the studio. 5% was the animation that we sent to Korea. Mm -hmm. And that was like, you know, animating each frame, you know, 24 frames a second. Oh, wow. And then when it came back, 10% was the post. Music, special effects, graphics. So that is how Storymaker is built. 85% is in the classroom. 5% is at the Storymaker station. Okay. And then 10% is they can then put it on a USB drive and go back to the classroom and add music and effects. So when we have it in the classroom, it really is more like a language arts program than it is a, a technology program. We see it as reading, writing, speaking, listening on steroids. Perfect. Because kids, when you ask them to write an essay, and then you ask them to rewrite it, that's a struggle. Oh, yeah. They hate that. <laughs> but if you're sitting with a team of four kids, and they have to make a story to tell to the rest of the class, mm -hmm. they want their character not only to be smart, but cool, and they want everybody to clap afterwards. They don't realize that they're working on writing because in animation, if it's not on the page, it's not on the screen. And on the page, it's what you see, what you say, and what you hear. So what is the character saying? What's the background? And what are we hearing? Like in this room right now for this podcast, it's really quiet. But you might be in a subway station and you hear you know, the echoes of the subway station and the car coming by. And then I'm telling you something sad. And I bring up violins underneath so right. that you <laughs> know that I'm telling you something sad. Because mm -hmm. we all know... The language of sound, we don't articulate it. Right. So if you're sitting on an airplane with that little teeny screen and you get headphones and you watch your movie, we're, the movie, the filmmaker is surrounding you with a wall of sound. So eventually at Lancaster, we're going to first focus on getting the kids to know how to write to just communicating with monologues. Right. Because if they practice a script and it doesn't sound right, they go back and rewrite it. So it, you know, they might rewrite sense. it 20 times. Right. We've had kids, but, that's but such good practice. For but them. then, they, plus, they realize the punctuation because mm -hmm. if I don't have the punctuation on the page, if I want you to pause, but comma, I'm not so sure I agree with you. Period. Mm -hmm. Then the actor in the booth doesn't know that I should pause after but and that the sentence has come to an end. Mm -hmm. They understand why writing is relevant, so they have to end, they have to understand sentence structure, right. grammar, punctuation. And that we need a beginning, a middle, and an end. Or we don't know, what is that story? What are you trying to... Because yeah. if I go to a movie, I don't like the movies because I don't like the script. Mm -hmm. They don't realize that, oh, the movie was terrible. What well, was in the script? It wasn't like the actor's fault. It wasn't the background. It wasn't the music. It's got to be on the page. 
Yeah, because you follow a story like, well, they didn't ever fu- finish the end of that story, or that right. character doesn't make any sense. Well, that character disappeared. Yeah. And then this character came out of nowhere. Like, what is his motivation? Uh, what is his relationship <laughs> to the characters, right? It's really fun. Mm-hmm. And it's really... So we find that attendance improves because kids are sitting at home daydreaming. They're thinking about it in the car, thinking about coming to work and coming to school. Uh-huh. And they're daydreaming about getting better at this because there's nothing more energizing than when you do something great and everybody claps. Well, and that you produce something. So you don't, don't have to have a, an essay that you've written and you and the teacher are the only people that see it. You produce something, we put it on the YouTube channel and the whole world can see this now. So you're making content for the world, not just for your teacher. And mm-hmm. so that motivation is to really get a lot better at what you're doing. So the last year, when you think about the world, um, you know, Storymaker, we're, in our, we're going into our fourth year now. Mm-hmm. And the, the implementation at Lancaster is the biggest. Oh, really? Yeah. Cool. It's the biggest. This is a big experiment with what we're doing. Oh, wonderful. This visiting artist program, historically over the last three years, we've been trying to teach to equip the teacher all the equipment. And we realize it's... It's putting a, it's slowing down the writing process mm-hmm. because the teacher has to think, okay, well, all the things I have going on today, am I ready to go wrestle with the technology? Because mm-hmm. it's not my strength. My strength is teaching. Right. So and the technology could be compl- complicated at the beginning. If you don't know it, it's learning. complicated for me. Yeah. You know, as a producer, you know, I like to like orchestra conduct my team mm-hmm. and have the best at every role. Right. right? And that's what the, t- the teacher becomes. She becomes the executive producer, and each team has a producer and a director and a writer and a voice actor. And, and she becomes the one who is sort of like what I had to be when I was the CEO of Classic Chupa was I oversaw all these groups. Mm-hmm. And I had to make sure that, you know, the content was great and we, we delivered it on time. Right? We had deadlines. Right. And it was a deadline-driven business. And, you know, that's a mindset. And that's kind of education, too. We have, you know, benchmarks of where we have to get. And so the teachers kind of can orchestrate, and the kids are producing things. How much more satisfying in the classroom is that for them? Because they actually have a real role. And kids that you thought that were disengaged become engaged. And kids right. that didn't talk, talk. And kids that wouldn't write, write. There's so many, we have so many success stories. So it's very energizing. But what I was going to say about the world is, so in the past, we, before doing this visiting artist program, um, one of the things that we did last year was we challenged the country. There were in 172 districts now more than 15,000 students. We took The Wizard of Oz. I we, saw that clip, yeah. And we broke it into uh-huh. 27 sequences. And um, schools could choose a sequence. So maybe a school from Mississippi chose When Dorothy Meets the Scarecrow. Another school in um, Kentucky chose the scene When Dorothy and the Scarecrow Meet the Tin Man. Another school chose When They All Go to Emerald City. Mm-hmm. They submitted the scenes. And um, we did our national screening last week at the Brahmins Chinese Theater in Hollywood and um, students and teachers traveled from all over the country for a two-day conference oh, that's wonderful. and they sat in the Brahmins Chinese and they saw the movie with the crowd so um, Lancaster has a couple of sequences that they made yeah I know but our superintendent Dr. Bowers got to go see that um, um, screening and she really loved it she thought it was great so um, you're going to be in the premiere so we'll premiere it locally in Lancaster movie theater wonderful but what we're going to do with Lancaster in the spring is we're making the sequel to Oz, which is the return to Oz. Mm-hmm. And what we learned, we wrote the script for the first one, but we learned that we're going to make an Anna Jam. And the way the Anna Jam is going to work is like at Desert View, they'll get a sequence and that classroom will get the, the, the last frame of the previous sequence, which will be their first frame. Mm-hmm. 
and then they'll get the last frame of their sequence, which is the next school's first frame. Okay. And they have to, they'll know who the characters are, they know what the story is, they know what the motivation is, and they have to write it, and they have to do the whole thing. Oh, wow. That's going to be a big project. Well, and then once the teacher gets them, they're going to realize that the kids are going to be all over it. Oh, yeah. But... I don't. I'm not going to use the word climate change because we're at a moment in time in our country where we don't use that. But my concern, um, as a father, um, hoping that my children have grandchildren someday, is uh, I would love it down the road if um, they could see hummingbirds and if they had bees pollinating their flowers and if their water was clean and we weren't having surprises that there's lead in their water and that right. when it snows there's not particles of plastic in the snow and there's so many challenges that we have. Because we're on this freight train of like consumerism. I'm not, but we want to think about, okay, so how do we sustain the planet? So Dorothy, in the opening scene of the Return of the Wizard of Oz, they're planning for Earth Day. Uh-huh. And some of the other characters, other kids in, in the episode say, you're too little, there's nothing you can do. So why are we even bothering with Earth Day? Mm-hmm. So she goes home sad to un- Uncle Henry and Aunt Emmons, and she starts staying young. I'm really happy I don't want to go back to school because the kids say I can't do anything. I want to do something. I want to have an impact. So she falls asleep and she ends up um, she ends up having a nightmare. And in the nightmare, it's the future like the future in It's Wonderful Life where what does the world look like if Mr. Bailey was never born, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what does the world look like if we do nothing? So when she lands in the Munchkin land, they have no water. And the water that they do have is, is contaminated. Mm-hmm. And that's a problem. We have, to, we have to have a plan. And then she goes to meet the scarecrow, and the land, you can't plant on it, and there's no bees. So we, can't, we don't have any crops. Mm-hmm. She goes to the forest, and most of it's been cut down. There's no plan to you know, put new trees in. Right. But each scene, the kids have to decide what they believe is sustainable in that episode. Oh, so they're problem solving too. They have to, to solve, solve that, that problem, problem with the characters. So, right. But they have to get, then when they get to Emerald City, mm-hmm. Emerald City is a city of the future. Everything's sustainable. But this gnome king has tied up the wicked witch who in the first movie becomes a good witch. Okay. Because we try to find the good in everybody. And the gnome king has taken over and this black cloud is headed for Emerald City. And so they have to solve this. So then she wakes up, and she goes meets with her friends, and then they go to Earth Day with a plan, right? And so that's going to be the movie that we're going to make at last. That's going to be wonderful, right? And, but it's going to be the kids. So we're going to have a consciousness, and and, the, and it'd be wonderful if we could make it in January, February, um, edit it in March, and show it on a, on Earth Day on April twenty third. Oh, I think that's wonderful. Wouldn't what that a be perfect amazing? thing to do. To tie and the whole district together. Yes, and then we'll have it like at a, a movie theater, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, have a screening there. So we'll play The Wizard of Oz in a movie theater. Mm-hmm. And just figure that out. And then we'll come back five months later and we'll have a movie that was created, really created, by the students here. With problem solving for real world problems that we have yep. to think about. Mm-hmm. Ah, I think that's fabulous. And, I, and it's, it's not a political movie. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's a movie that where we have to think that if we buy something and we consume it, we have to hold it in our hands and think about what's next. We made a pilot for a TV series um, that's uh, we're shopping around the world right now called Recyclables. And um, in just like in the Toy Story, the, the toys can talk, mm-hmm. and our pilot, Nova, our lead character, can talk to anything that can be recyclable. So if it can be recycled, like a glass bottle or a piece of cardboard, 
it has a life. And so all these characters that can be recycled come to life mm-hmm. and they become her friends. And the motto, the motto of the of the series is a friend is a terrible thing to waste. Oh, that's cute. I like that. Right. So that's we're about looking at the world around us and telling stories and then using animation, which is universal language. You know, if you look at animation, why it's so powerful and why we're so effective with Wonder Girl Learn, Habits of Mind, and with Storymaker is because it knows no race, religion, culture, or creed. Mm-hmm. You know, an African-American character, a Muslim character, a Hispanic character, a white character, an Asian character on screen, they're an animated character. Right. With an animated voice. People don't see race or religion when they think about an animated character because they've, they've, they've grown up with Bart Simpson with yellow screen and you know, Mark Simpson <laughs> with blue hair. Exactly. So they, they've been conditioned from childhood with all these wonderful shows to have a universal language. So... It's a great way to take a complicated issue and break it down and deliver it to people and have them put their barriers down and listen to the issue and not think about the race, the religion, the culture, the creed of the character. Right. They immediately listen to the content. Well, and, and story telling something through story is one of the best ways to communicate a meeting. Mm-hmm. You know, instead of just preaching at somebody or lecturing, if you can tell it through story, people remember it a lot better. Yeah, and that's, you know, we call um, the process of a child remembering an animation in a, in a classroom sensory memory because it's out of context it's sort of like a collective you got maybe 20 other kids sitting there watching it with you um, you love animated characters you listen to it so we had a little girl watching a Wonder Grove Learn lesson and she had a memory of seven seconds um, she was one of the special needs kids that we made these animations for mm-hmm. but Three months later, she did this movement around her head, like a triangle around her head, like a cone. And she said, cone. And the teacher said, cone? You're talking about a cone? Cone. And in the lesson, Marcus explains that when you're standing in line, imagine you're surrounded by an imaginary cone. Okay. And you don't go outside your cone. Mm -hmm. So here this little girl is remembering the core lesson when she's standing in line, the other kids aren't. And they thought she didn't have the ability to remember anything beyond a second. Seconds. Wow. So, yeah, so she had internalized that. On your wedding day, and you play that song that you dance to, that special song, and that song comes up, you have a trigger. Right. And you remember that moment. That's what animation does for kids. Animation in the classroom is a trigger. So, Storymaker, having these kids make their own stories is a trigger. And they'll remember this forever, and they'll become better readers and writers. Well, and that's our goal for our kids. Yep. Well, thank you so much for coming in today. Uh, you said that you became an animator. What kind of schooling did you do to become an animator? Or to Actually, I'm not an animator. Okay. Um, I, when I was 12, um, I saw um, an art film. Mm-hmm. Uh, my father was a baseball coach at Cornell, and we had traveled to Princeton on a bus, and we got there on a Friday night early. And so they said, what are we going to do? Well, let's go see a movie. And at that moment in time at 12 in See, uh, 62, 64. I um, seen all the classic American color movie, movies in color that happened in these. Mm-hmm. So this French film was called The 400 Blows by Francois Truffaut. And it's about a little boy who's 12. And he's living with a stepfather who beats him. And he's living with a principal who beats him. And he's living in a dead-end existence. Mm. And um, everything about the movie was French. My grandmother's French. Um, and so, you know, the way they ate their food, the way they drank their coffee in a mug with the two hands and uh-huh. um, eating croissants with butter on it and for breakfast and everything about it, I was like, whoa. And then this boy, I'd never seen a movie where the lead character was a young boy like my age who was in a tragic situation. Mm-hmm. 
So afterwards, uh, for like a couple of days, I was quiet. My dad said, well, what's, what's going on? I said, Dad, I want to be a filmmaker. He says, why? He said, because I can't get these images and the story out of my mind. And I want to be able to do that. I want to be able to figure out how to tell a story that has a strong emotional connection with my audience. And the irony is, here I am, you know, 55 years later, mm -hmm. and everything we do is about emotional connection with either our characters modeling appropriate behavior when they're going to learn or teaching students to have emotional connection with their audience. So one of the things I like to teach kids is that you become what you say and you become what you think about. Mm -hmm. So I began to say, I'm going to be a filmmaker. I'm going to be a filmmaker. So everything that happened because I was intending it, everything for the rest of my life kept showing up at the right time. Mm -hmm. And because I intended it for it, and I kept pre-visualizing what I wanted to be, you know, so up until 1978, I wanted to be in live action films. Okay. But it was really hard because, let's say I'm shooting a, an independent film, and we're three quarters through the film, and you have long hair, and then over the weekend, you cut your hair off. That's a continuity <laughs> hair. Yes. <laughs> so I go, okay, I got to either go back and reshoot these scenes, or I got to write into a scene where you get your hair cut, because the audience is going to say, I thought she yeah. had long hair. <laughs> and all these things were happening, and then a friend of mine said, well, the great filmmakers storyboard their live action scenes and act them all out in advance and pre-visualize in the storyboard, and then they go to action, like Hitchcock and Truffaut, all these great filmmakers, but the complete control is when you have animation. So I began studying animation. Um, so I went to film school. I started a film, my first film school in 1974. Um, I started running film festivals. I started studying everything about live action. And then I discovered this pro project called the International Tournee of Animation, which is a traveling film festival of the world's best short films. Okay. So when I saw it, I had an epiphany. Like, okay, one of my first epiphanies was going to Woodstock. 50 years ago yesterday. <laughs> yes. That was an epiphany that told me, because my dad says you're a free thinker and we, we can't have free thinkers in no. this world. And I went to Woodstock, I realized there's 500,000 free thinkers here. Yeah. I guess I'm not the bad guy. Yeah. Right? And so this epiphany was seeing these this collection of short films on the screen. I decided, I called the guy up and said, so who sees these films? He goes, we play them in seven museums in seven cities each year. So that's all? Yeah. How many people show up? There's maybe 100, 200. Wow. So I wanted to buy that project from him. Mm -hmm. It took me between 1978 and 1983 for him to say yes. I taught my children, one, you become what you think about. Two, is no is the beginning of the conversation. That's a good idea. Right? Persistence. Yes. Don't give up and stay with it. You know, But if he says no, I have to understand what no, mean, what no means and come back to him with how to get to yes. So mm -hmm. He told me no like 50 times. And we finally got to yes. Paramount told us no a hundred times on making a Rugrats movie because you get it for free on TV and we made a Rugrats movie. Uh -huh. you know, there was so, I have so many no's to yes stories I could sit here and take you down that path. But what I learned from the tournée was that I could take this collection of short films, I could make it into a traditional movie, I could play it in real movie theaters, and I could find the audience, and I fell so in love with the emotional reaction that they had with these short films that I said I was going to start to make them myself. So there's a long story short. Wow, that's good. short story long. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you very much for coming on our podcast. We really appreciate it. We're hoping that this um, Storymaker project for our school is very, very successful. I'm excited to see the premiere of the movie mm. pretty soon. 
Um, so where can you find this podcast? You can find it on Sprecher. You can find it on TuneIn. You can find it on iTunes. Uh, so go ahead and subscribe to us if you would like that. Uh, we talk about lots of different things in our school district. As you tune out from this podcast, listen to our students from Sierra School singing Simple Truths under the direction of Kelly Stott.